we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 29th, 2009. The next article is um, entitled, Hindu Sacrifice of 250,000 Animals Begins. And uh, there's actually a gallery where you can go look at pictures of this event. It, is, it will turn your stomach. Uh, unbelievable this is going on. This is from The Guardian. This is just from uh, November 24th. The world's biggest animal sacrifice began in Nepal today with the killing of the first of more than 250,000 animals as part of a Hindu festival in the village of Barayampur near the border with India. The event, which happens every five years, began with the decapitation of, a, of thousands of buffalo killed in the honor of God Hima, God Hima, I guess is the name of this Hindu god, and they got millions of them, literally millions of different gods, Gadhima, the Hindu goddess of power, with up to a million worshippers on the roads near the festival grounds, this year's fair seems more popular than ever, despite vocal protests from animal rights groups who have called for it to be banned. They say it's the traditional way, explained 45-year-old Manojo Sa, a Nepali driver who has been attending the event since he was six. He says, quote, If we want anything, and we come here with an offering to the goddess, within five years, all our dreams will be fulfilled. End of quote. I make a comment here, in what I say is based on the destitute conditions millions of Hindus live under every day and have for hundreds of years. I don't think the last statement is very accurate or is working out too well for them. I mean, it's it's unbelievable the, the way that they live and much of the uh, filth and depravity that they live under. I mean, I have said this before, but I mean, they're, they're, they have the god of dung they worship. I saw a documentary once where they were hacking off this goat's head outside of the temple of the god of dung, and the reporter had a mask on, like a gas mask, because you couldn't even get near this place. It stunk so bad. They actually offer feces as, as their offerings. And how they revere these cows and how they take the cow feces. And in this one thing, they had taken it and liquefied it. And it was this big courtyard, this house they lived in. And it was outside. And they had taken it and, and just coated the whole courtyard and all the house floors with this, house, with this cow manure. And it was real shiny. I mean, it looked nice. But, you know, can you imagine? This is how they live. This is how they're brought up. And they're, they're ten, they tend to view animals, and cows in particular, with much higher regard than they would some humans if they're not high enough on the caste system. It's really a depraved, depraved uh, religion. Okay, I, I want them to get saved. It's not that, you know, I'm not saying we're not supposed to love them. I'm saying that we should pray for them. And But if I'm talking about the actual conditions that they live under. It's just unbelievable. Um, my mom had a friend who was real high up in yoga. She's a yoga teacher. And uh, she went over there to go to one of her gurus or whatever. And she said when, when she came back, uh, she was using certain explicatives to describe how much she hated India and the stench of just walking around the streets, the smells and, and everything else. It's it's they live in like this filth. Okay. And I'm not saying all 
of India and all Hindus. I'm not going to, but I'm saying it's very, very prevalent, okay, for according to uh, live people that I know that have been there and reports I've read. The, uh, going on with the story, it says, Crowds thronged the roads, camped out in the open, wrapped in blankets against the cool mist. The festivities included a Ferris wheel, fortune-telling robots, fortune-telling... I need to incorporate those into my website. Maybe a fortune-telling robot into my website. I don't know how I could do that, but I don't know, something to think about. Anyway, sorry, just kidding. And then stalls broadcasting music and offering tea and sugary snacks. Okay. As dawn broke, the fair officially opened with the sacrifice of two rats, two pigeons, a pig, a lamb, a rooster in the main temple. To the cheers of long live Godhima from spectators pushing against each other for a better view. In the main event, 250 appointed residents with the traditional kukuri knives began the task of decapitating more than 10,000 buffalo in a dusty enclosure guarded by high walls and armed police. There's a few pictures of this. It's so disgusting. They got, there's all these buffalo heads. There's blood everywhere, all over the ground. It's, it's just, it looks, it's so satanic, you know. Frightened cast galloped around in vain as men wearing red bandanas and armbands pursued them, chopped off their heads. Banned from entering the animal pen, hundreds of visitors scrambled up the three-meter walls to catch a glimpse of the carnage. The dead beasts will be sold to companies who will profit from the sale of the meat, bones, and hide. Organizers will funnel the proceeds into the development of the area, including the temple upkeep. Oh, of course, you got to have that. Uh... This guy, I can't even pronounce his name, he's a Hindu high priest, said he was pleased with the festival's high turnout and insisted tradition had to be kept. He says this, the goddess needs blood. He said, then he said, then that person can make his wishes come true. So in other words, we have to have a blood sacrifice in order for all their wishes to come true. How sickening. The only blood that that we need is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ applied to us. That is it. The, the, the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth to pay our sin debt to, that we may you know, enter into heaven through his blood, through the finished work of the cross. This is garbage. This is blood that these devil, demon, fallen angelic gods and goddesses that, that you know, all, the, all they are, devils, demons, and fallen angels, and, and again, it's hard to be dogmatic exactly what they are, most likely fallen angels at this level. It'll never be enough blood. Satan will never have enough blood in order to appease him until every man, woman, child, every person on the planet would be wiped out. That's the only way he would ever be appeased, because we're created in God's image, and that's what he wants. He wants everybody wiped out. I also gave an article, I gave some links here, and I'd love to do a teaching on this. I have people ask me all the time, please do a teaching on this, that. There's probably two to three hundred teachings I would like to do. Whether I'm actually ever able to get to them, I don't know. Because we're just running out of time, and there's too many breaking current events for me not to cover. Uh, this is an article, these are all from chick.com, C-H-I-C-K.com, very good, um, www.chick.com. Um, these are... Very good articles on Hinduism. This first one is, What is Hinduism? Simple description of what it teaches from a Christian perspective. The next one is the track. They've actually got a track for Hindus called The Traitor. Very good track. I really like that track. It's in regard to Kali. 
the supposed goddess of death, the daughter of Shiva, which is the god of destruction. And then the next article is over 55,000 Christians martyred each year. While passing out literature in the street of India, Pastor M. Aharan was mobbed by about 100 Hindu radicals. Police prevented his escape until his face... Uh, then it ends there. I, it, these are links I'm giving you if you want to research more about Hinduism because I just don't have a, a time to do the uh, study on it. But I tell you, th- you'll get a real education just from clicking on those three links. Next article is uh, North Korean Christians, children are dying on the streets. This is from Worthy News, um, reporting from the ne- Netherlands. This is, I believe, where... Uh, they're based out of. This is from November 25th. A massive famine has broken out in the autocratic-ruled nation with many children dying while security forces send malnourished people to labor camps for allegedly refusing to join the 100-day battle. That's what they call the 100-day battle. In the province of Hawangi, it is again normal to see dead children lying on the streets. This is just unbelievable. Local Christians add in statements distributed by Open Doors, a Netherlands-based group supporting persecuted Christians in Northern Korea and other countries. It's Open Doors, if you want to know more about them. I don't know anything about that ministry, but I know they're trying to help these people, it appears. North Korean Christians blamed a nationwide production drive imposed by the regime of the country's leader, King Jong-il, known as the 100-day battle for apparently the worst famine in years. This guy is such a satanic devil from the pit of hell. This Kim Jong-il, I mean, I don't don't know of any ruler on the planet that is more outwardly evil than that devil. And and I'm telling you, uh, I'm I'm serious, He's, he's one that I would seriously pray Psalm 64 for. Pray to God if it would be possible his soul be saved. But this man is pure evil. And um, he has caused more misery than um, in, in, in his country I, I, than I can even ever fathom. I've seen documentaries on him. It's, the whole country is essentially... The religion is him. He is their cult leader. He is their God. Literally. Oh man, this this is terrible. This goes on to say the people don't get the chance to keep themselves alive. Christians said in comments obtained by Worthy News and its partner agency. Those seen as not working for the country's interests are immediately sent to labor camps. You talk about concentration camps. They got them all over there. Where inmates have been tortured. Um, the new 100 day battle will take the total length of the mobilization period up to the end of the year, and possibly even into 2010, uh, the pro-North Korean media reported. The current famine is becoming similar to the famine of the 1990s, when at least an estimated one million people died of starvation. How incredibly sad. And I mean, I'm not saying this is not the only place this is going on. I know it's going on in Africa and a lot of other places. Um... You know, this is just so sad. Um, this goes on to say, suggested, um, some estimates speak of millions of people that have actually died. There are whole groups of children roaming through the country. 
If they are detained by police, they are brought to overfull orphanages where they are to die. To keep themselves alive, North Koreans are trading at night at illegal markets. The next day, they have to report themselves again to their state working places. Man, God bless them. That is so sad. Again, these are things that if we don't know about them, how do we know to pray about it? You know, how do we know to um, pray about it unless we know about it? Um, a verse that relates to this is Hebrews 13, verse 3. It says, Remember them that are in bonds, as bound with them, as though we're bound with them, those that are in bonds. And I mean, this is bondage, what we're talking about here. And them which suffer adversity, as being yourselves also in the body. Why? Because we're the body of Christ. And if one part of the body suffer, the whole body suffers. So, uh this is just incredibly sad uh, stuff. And I do believe it's coming to America. We're due. I mean, we are so due. And, um, you know, when I see this type of stuff and I see these, these Christians doing this uh, under this kind of adversity and persecution, um, it, may, it reminds me of that verse in Hebrews where it talks about where it's, it goes through a lot of these saints that have endured afflictions and have been martyred and, and suffered. And then it, it's, it ends it by saying, of whom the world was not worthy. And I, I so, so agree with that. I, I, I don't, I feel like I, I read that. It's like I am so unworthy to, um, be on the same planet as them. I don't elevate myself above a persecuted or a, uh, any of these people in these third world countries that have to endure all this. And I, again, I do believe it's coming to America. But we haven't had to suffer yet in America, yet. Not not like these people do, and not like they have to live their lives. And um, I know there's some that are actually listening, because I can tell, and, and I can tell the downloads on the countries where they come from. And um, I just say, God bless you, and I pray to God He keep you, and that your the Lord's angels encamp around about you, and that He use you mightily for God's glory that he provide for all your needs water and clothing and food and and protection according to his will the blood of Jesus Christ be over you all um, and again it's just something we, we should be in uh, prayer about I know it's really easy to get focused in on these these current events and, and I, I do believe that it's biblical to warn people because the Bible talks about lest Satan get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not supposed to be ignorant of Satan's devices. We are supposed to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness to, to expose them, to make them, as the Bible says, to manifest them, to make them manifest. We are supposed to be salt and light. Light exposes darkness. Salt is a preservative. We're supposed to do those things and we're also supposed to do these others as well in remembering our brothers and sisters and bondage uh just gut-wrenching stuff really is wouldn't it be wonderful when we're in heaven <laughs> praise the lord when he's going to wipe every tear away oh man anyway let's go to the next article the illustrated man how led tattoos could change the face of humanity and herald in the arrival of antichrist now i'm just reading you the the an excerpt from this article and you can 
click on the link if you want to know more about it. I've done several teachings on the mark of the beast. You just key in the word mark in the keyword search box on sermonaudio.com forward slash dr. Scott Johnson, Dr. Scott Johnson. Um, and uh, just key in like the word mark in the search box. There any other thing you want to search for to see if I have a teaching on it. In Ray Bradbury's book, The Illustrated Man, which is the man in the title of the book, is covered with moving, shifting tattoos. If you look at them, they will tell you a story. The new LED tattoos from the University of Pennsylvania could could make the illustrated man real. Researchers there are developing silk and silicon implantable devices which sit under the skin like a tattoo. Already implanted into mice, these tattoos could carry LEDs, turning the wearer's skin into a screen. The silk substrate onto which the chips are mounted eventually dissolve away inside the body, leaving just the electronics behind. The uh, silicone chips are around the length of a small grain of rice, about one millimeter, and just 250 nanometers thick. And the sheet of silk will keep them in place, molding to the shape of the skin when the saline is added. These displays could be hooked up to any kind of electronic device also uh, inside the body. Medical uses are being explored for blood sugar sensors that show their readouts on the skin. <laughs> yeah, like you got to have your, 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 this LED that shows your blood sugar. Uh, and then they show readouts on the skin itself to neurodevices that tie into the body's nervous system. Hooking the chip to particular nerves to control a prosthetic hand, for example. Chips are already used inside bodies, most notably tiny RFID tags injected into pets. So again, this is just one more potential aspect. Or I had talked about, uh, with the Mark of the Beast, the, the, the implementation of not only a microchip, but some kind of microchip being implemented in regard to a, a possibly a hexagram. Uh, and and or a tattoo, um, some type of combination. This could also come into play with that. Hard to say how it's all going to play out in the end, but the technology is definitely there. This next article, I listened to an interview on George Norrie on Coast to Coast. Now, most of the time, he's got just totally new age, uh, I mean, just total new age garbage, okay? But you can glean, and some of the reports are actually good. This one was a guy named William Thomas who appeared for four hours on his show. I give you the link to go to, but you're going to have to pay if you want to hear it. Unless you can find it up on YouTube. Many times they'll archive them up on YouTube. Anyway, he talked about the hazardous health effects of cell phones and wireless devices as well as dangers associated with chemtrails and weather modification. He tied it all together. It's very good. People are being subjected to what they call electromagnetic smog, which is invisibly spread by wireless routers, portable phones, and other devices, he said. Just a two-minute conversation on a cell phone causes the blood-brain barrier to open up, making one susceptible to neuron damage that might lead to Alzheimer's and, quote, instant aging, he warned. Uh, I mean, it's a proven fact that cause brain tumors, okay? I mean, cell phones emit radiation that causes brain tumors, uh, not to say everybody who uses a cell phone is going to get a brain tumor, but if you use it enough and if you're susceptible to that, there's a high likelihood you will have that. The kids of today who are using cell phones may be unable to mentally function by the time they are 30, he added. And again, they're trying to take out the youth. 
They're trying to fry their brains. They're trying to fry their immune systems. They're trying to eject us full of poisons. They're chemtrailing us with poisons. They are putting all this genetically modified garbage in the food. We're going to talk about that more. They're going to try to take away our access to vitamins, minerals, and herbs. And I'm going to talk about that. So I'm saying, if, if, if you have the means in, in, uh, you know, to stock up on some of these things, I do it now because I don't know how long, much longer we're going to have access to a lot of this stuff. Uh, and that, I understand, not everybody's in the same position, and I'm not saying the Lord Jesus Christ cannot protect you in any situation that you're in. Okay, But if you feel led, these are some things you may want to consider. Bluetooth phone headsets are also hazardous as they conduct electromagnetic energy into the ear. Portable phones inside the home can be worse than cell phones. Did you know that? Portable phones are actually can actually be worse than cell phones. They can actually put off more radiation. Base stations of portable phones in houses are broadcasting 24 hours, 7 days a week, producing more signals than cell phone towers. Thomas concluded, migraines, brain cancer, changes in personality, aggressive behavior are all associated with exposure to cell phones and wireless devices. And children and pregnant women are at particular risk. He reported, just carrying a cell phone in your pocket that is turned on can cause soft tissue damage, says Thomas. Now, these portable phones, I would advise you, if you have any in your house, get rid of them. Listen to this interview and get rid of your portable phones at bare minimum. Because they are, they're even worse than the cell phones. And you can go to a landline. Most people anymore have cell phones they talk on. And if you're going to have, if you're going to use a phone, what I've done is I've just converted over to just having a cell phone. Because, um, uh, you know, you can have a landline phone. But if you're going to do that, don't use the portable units. They're terrible. Weather modification efforts have been on the rise as well in countries like China and the United States. According to Thomas, the U.S. Air Force is engaged in, quote, weather warfare, using nanotech small particles to modify, steer, and target the direction of storms. In fact, emissions from Project HARP were being used during Hurricane Katrina to steer it away from facilities in Texas, he detailed. Now, I'm really surprised they're letting this happen, but I believe it's Tuesday or Wednesday night on True TV. Jesse Ventura, the former wrestler, former governor of Minnesota, I believe, is going to be on, and he's got this new show, and it's called Conspiracy Theory, I believe. And they've been advertising it a ton, and he's actually going to be talking about HARP. He actually goes up to the HARP field in Alaska, and they show it from overhead. He tries to get inside the facility. Now, I'm not saying that I endorse Jesse Ventura, or that this isn't a controlled release of information from Big Brother. But I was very surprised to see this because this is something that's been very secretive for a long time. And uh, I, I was, quite frankly, pretty surprised that they're actually going to let him do this. But you may want to check that out because uh, it looks pretty amazing. Now, regarding this, the one thing that I did not like about the interview of William Thomas, excellent interview, but guess what? I didn't hear one remedy for any of this other than not using a cell phone, and other than putting like aluminum foil on your walls and stuff in order to block. He was saying that your literally base stations, your Wi-Fi units, another thing that you can have for your computer that communicates with your laptops, so you can take your laptop all over the house. Um, in fact, I've got one connected, a Wi-Fi here that's actually connected to this computer right now. 
there's really no way, there's really no remedy that he gave, which is what I have a problem with. If I give a problem to you, I'm going to try to give you a remedy, whether that remedy is prayer, whether that remedy is this or that, I'm going to try to give you the remedy. I really believe that I know of a remedy to help this. Uh, there are these devices that you can get, and there's a link I'm going to give you right underneath this article on the PDF that you will see up on Sermon Audio that will be connected with this audio. It's the link to this whole article. It's about halfway down. And these devices, um, I'll just read you a little thing. You'll hear your calls better with less noise. Your phone will produce less heat. Have you ever noticed after talking on a cell phone for a long time, your head starts to heat up? Okay, I'm telling you, these things work. I've had one in my phone now for two or three years, and they work. They, I noticed a remarkable difference when I started using these in the cell phone heat that was produced. I didn't get disoriented. Sometimes if I talked on the cell phone, I would actually get a headache. I'm not prone to headaches, but if I talked on the cell phone long enough without one of these, I would get a headache. I don't get those anymore, ever. I'm not on the cell phone that much anymore. But for a long time I was, and I noticed a remarkable difference. And what it does is it doesn't block the radiation. It, and I'm reading right from this, it decreases the chaotic energy emitted from cell phones. If you've experienced headaches while talking on your phone, they will decrease or go away. Phones will emit clear harmonic energy. If you experience fatigue, it may be related to electromagnetic frequencies. Many people report relief. You can also use their, these devices, and, and they're simple. They just you put it right in the cell phone compartment. They've also got devices for Wi-Fi transmitters. They've got devices if you live near a cell phone tower, like unfortunately I do. Um, if you um, for certain uh, electronic devices, the one thing about them is is they're not. You're going to look at these things and you're going to say, well, I mean, this looks like a ripoff. Because there's not a whole lot to it. All I'm telling you is from my experience, what I've used on my phone, they flat out work. So if you're having a lot of problems, and this can be a big problem for somebody that has, let's say you have low energy, can interfere with sleep patterns, can interfere with your immune system, can do all kinds of stuff. Because your immune, your um, body is an electrical system, your nervous system is electricity, microvoltage. And all of these EMFs, these electromagnetic frequencies, tend to interfere with that process. And uh, these devices, I give you a link to go to the site, will, I really believe, remarkably help that situation. It's the only device that I know. I've tried all kind of these things that I've seen advertised. I've one, tried the ones that block the radiation, but see, if you block it, then the, then the device doesn't really work because, like with Wi-Fi, for instance, you're depending upon the radiation to communicate with your laptop. If you block it, then it doesn't work. So what it's doing is it's actually converting all of this chaotic energy into something that's not this horrific thing for your body. This is about as good as I can explain it. But the link will explain it much better. So anyway, um, now let's go to the next article, which is Bob Chapman, international investor forecaster, mar discussing the financial market around the world. Um, this is from Drew Raines. Um, he has a show called A Marine's Disquisition. And I'm just going to play you from around the 8-minute mark to around the 16-minute mark, about 8 minutes. And um, this is what he's saying 
for next year. Now, this guy, Bob Chapman of the International Forecaster, from what I have read, what I've gathered, what I've gleaned, he is at the top of the heap and has been for years regarding accurate predictions about what is going to happen to uh, the global and American monetary system. He's one of the most accurate predictors of that, of anyone out there. Okay, His information is highly regarded by many different sources. This isn't some fringe source we're talking about here. So I'm going I'm to play that clip for you now. Bring forth the man of the hour, Mr. Bob Chapman, the founder of The International Forecaster, the one newsletter around the world that is most pleasurized, the most passed around, and the most knowledgeable newsletter with hints of what's coming when it's coming, how far it's going to go, and how bad it's going to be, and this man works, even though he retired, he should be playing golf, and he should be snuggling up to his wife on this Thursday, a day of Thanksgiving, that I recommend all the world should be blessed by God's, our God, your God, whoever you relate to. With that said, welcome to the show. Mr. Bob Chapman. Well, thank you very much, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody, and uh, I hope everyone's having a nice, if not lovely, day, uh, particularly those of you who can be with your loved ones. Um, I know many of you can't, and uh, I've been there and done that, so uh, I understand, and uh, that's the sacrifice uh, that people in the military give for our country. Um, I have something interesting for you today. I've just written a piece, and I'm going to read it to you. And um, it'll take me a couple of minutes. And I, I think you'll find it very informative. The following information may be the most important we have ever published. One of our intel sources, highly placed in banking circles, tells us that on the 1st of January, all banks that have received TARP funds have been informed by the Federal Reserve that they must further restrict any commercial lending. Loans have to be 75% collateralized, 50% of which has to be in cash, which is a compensating balance. The Fed has to do one of two things. They either have to pull $1.5 trillion out of the system by June, which would collapse the economy, or face hyperinflation. This is why the Fed has instructed banks to inform them when and how much of the TARP funds they can return. At best, they can expect 300 to 400 billion, plus the 200 billion the Fed already has in hand. We believe the Fed will opt for letting the system go into hyperinflation. All signs tell us they cannot risk allowing the undertow of deflation to take over the economy. The system cannot stand such a withdrawal of funds. They also must depend on assistance from Congress in supplying a second stimulus plan that would probably be 400 to $800 billion. A lack of such funding 
would send the economy and the stock market into a tailspin. Even with such funding, the economy cannot expect any growth to speak of and at best a sideways movement for perhaps a year. We have been told that the FDIC is not only $8.2 billion in the hole, but they have secretly borrowed an additional $80 billion from the Treasury. We have also been told that the FDIC is lying about the banks in trouble. The number of eminent danger are not 552, but a massive 2,035. The cost of bailing these banks out would be $800 billion to $1 trillion. That means 2,500 banks could be closed in 2010. Now get this. The FDIC is going to be collapsed before the end of 2010, which means no more deposit insurance. This follows the September the 18th end of government guarantees on money market funds. Both will face deposit, both will force deposits into U.S. government bonds and agency bonds in an attempt to save the system. This will strip small and medium-sized banks and force them into shutting down or being absorbed. This means you have to get your money out of banks, especially CDs. We repeat, get your cash values out of life insurance policies and annuities. They are invested 80% in stocks and 20% in bonds, more or less. Keep only enough money in banks for three months of operating expenses, six months for businesses. Major and semi-major banks are being told to obtain secure storage for new currency dollars. They expect an official devaluation by the end of the year. We do not know what the exchange rate will be, but as we have stated previously, we expect three old dollars for one new one. The alternative is gold and silver coins and shares. For those with substantial sums that do not want to be in gold and silver related assets completely, you can use Canadian and Swiss treasuries. If you need brokers for these investments, we can supply them. The Fed also expects a meltdown in the bond market, especially in municipals. Public services will be cut drastically, leading to increased crime and social problems, not to mention the psychological trauma that our country will experience. Already 50% of homes in hard-hit urban areas are underwater. Nationwide, more than 25%. That means you have to be out of bonds as well, especially municipals. As you can see, the Illuminous program is going to come quicker than we have anticipated. This is in part because they have had to expedite their program due to exposure through talk radio, the Internet, and, of course, this publication. There's no doubt the elitists are on the run. You, you still with us, Bob? I am. Could you hear all that? Yes, sir. I heard every word of it. I mean to tell you, you're talking about some dynamite information. This backs up some private information I've been getting but have been afraid to even discuss with anybody this last two weeks. Uh, obviously, the word is now getting out to uh, to those in the financial world about uh, the coming uh, uh, banks stopping uh, the lending situation. I happen to have a personal friend who owns a small bank here in Arkansas, 
Uh, and uh, he has, uh, well, he, and when I say he owns, he's, a, he's just a, one of the uh, major shareholders, and he's been telling me this for about two weeks. He actually came down, I haven't visited with him in almost two years, and he came down and uh, took me out for breakfast uh, one morning, uh, sat in my driveway waiting for me to finish my news and views two weeks ago yesterday. And uh, quite surprised that uh, he did so because he is in his uh, early 70s. And uh, basically, uh, he's like you. He's not retired. He still owns his construction company, and he still owns uh, uh, 22% of this national bank here in Arkansas. He uh, took me out to dinner and he, uh, breakfast, and, he, and I gave him your phone number to call you. But uh, he basically wanted to know uh, how the if Freedom Informational Network felt about uh, the exploits of Obama and this massive fraud with the banking system here in the United States because he had just been given, or his bank had just been given the word to the chair, the, uh, the uh, board of directors that they were not going to be able to uh, loan money and to uh, do away with uh, large amounts of their municipal bonds by the middle of next year. He didn't give me a date. You just came forth with June. That's about the middle of the next year. So... Mr. Chairman, uh, I can collaborate, collect, collaborate much of what you just said, personally. Okay. So that was the basically the clip. Now it's a two-hour interview. So if you want to listen to that, I do provide the link um, up on the PDF for this that will be connected with the teaching. And if you go up to my homepage, it'll it'll be there on sermonaudio.com forward slash Dr. Scott Johnson, and uh, I, uh, it'll be under you know the latest current event, uh, end time current event alerts, and this will be under it'll be under part two for that if you want to listen to the full interview. So again, govern yourself accordingly, knowing that information. I just couldn't see how we couldn't touch on that this week. I also gave you the verbiage for what he just said in that eight-minute clip. I gave you basically the whole verbiage in a paragraph form. Uh, thank you, Derek, because he sent this to me. Uh, Derek Dreamer show. He actually interviews um, Bob Chapman and has interviewed me as well. So that's a very good... It's on Blog Talk Radio, Derek Dreamer. Very good um, show he has as well if you want to keep up with uh, some of these current events. So... Uh, you know, dark days ahead. It's just a matter of time before you know the dollar's becoming more devalued by the day. <coughs> Gold is up to eleven hundred and seventy-six dollars an ounce. wasn't too long ago; it was around nine hundred. And silver's up to eighteen twenty-five, and it wasn't too long ago that silver was actually um, around ten dollars an ounce. Uh, I believe it's been within a year. So. It, there, I know there was a lot of fluctuation, but you know, as gold goes up, silver's going to go up, and, and as the dollar weakens, those are going to go up more and more and more. Why? Because they're real money. Silver is silver, gold is gold. There's, there's intrinsic value. Whereas the dollars that we have now, there's nothing backing them. Uh, it's really not hardly worth the paper that it's printed on, if the truth be known, but there's just nothing backing it, and... Eventually, you're going to get into hyperinflation in that particular model where you're just printing money out of thin air. And eventually, things will collapse over time. So, that's something I thought we needed to keep you up to date on. Next article is Codex Alimentarius. The genocide will commence December 31st, 2009. 
Now, this is something that I've known about for years. I would say... Oh, boy. How many years have I known about this? Probably approaching... Probably at least approaching 10 years I've known about this. So this is not This is probably the first you've ever might have heard of this. But I've known about this for 10 years, and I've asked people over the years, you know, how do we combat this? And I've never got a lot of very good answers. Now, I give you one resource here that we can look at, or actually several in this article, uh, as far as being more proactive about it. And also to pray against it. Praying is the main thing. And again, you know, if you don't know about it, then how do you ever know to pray about it? If you see some evil, great evil coming, and you don't even know it's coming, well, and you think that it might be possible you're taken unawares of it? Well, absolutely. That's how it works. And that's why how the thrust of my ministry is. That's what it's geared toward, to warning people, to being a watchman. And um, it's all I claim to be. So if we go further, it says more and more people are becoming concerned about the shady, secretive organization that is Codex Alimentarius, the thinly veiled propaganda arm of the global conglomerates that does everything it can to control and limit individual options to maintain or increase health. Codex Alimentarius is one of the major bodies behind the effort to limit access to nutritional products and information. Its motivation is not rocket science, and neither is its source of funding. Money that somehow money that somehow is expected to return a profit to its members. Most of the information available regarding Codex Alimentarius refers to its role in the United States, but it is not a U.S.-specific piece of legislation. Far from it. Codex has wiggled its dirty little tentacles into about every national and international body concerned with public health, posing as a benefactor. It then uses its significant financial political clout to do its master's bidding. Behind Codex Alimentarius Commission is the United Nations, and the World Health Organization. And they just work hand-in-glove anyway. So again, it seems like almost every week we're reporting how the United Nations is becoming more and more of a factor in the coming one world government, and it's no wonder. But these two organizations are working in conjunction with multinational pharmaceutical cartel and international banks. Its initial efforts in the U.S. with the FDA were defeated. So it found another ally in, in the FTC, or the Federal Trade Commission. Now Codex, with the FTC and the pharmaceutical cartel behind it, threatens to become a, threatens to become a trade issue using the campaign of, quote, Operation Cure-All to advance its goals. It should be Operation Destroy-All. Codex began in 1893, when the Austria-Hungarian Empire decided it needed a specific set of guidelines by which the courts could rule on cases dealing with food. This regulatory set of mandates became known as Codex Alimentarius and was effectively implemented until the fall of the empire in 1918. The United Nations met and then met in 1962 and decided that Codex should be re-implemented worldwide in order to, in order to quote, protect the health of the consumers. And we're going to see it does anything but that. Two-thirds of the funding for Codex emanates from the Food and Agriculture Organization, FAO, while the other third comes from the World Health Organization. Codex is the enemy of everyone except those who will profit from it. According to Dr. Rima Labo, she points to its association 
with those who have committed crimes during the Nazi era. At the end of World War II, the Nuremberg Tribunal judged Nazis who had committed horrendous crimes against humanity and sentenced them to prison terms. One of those found guilty was the president of the megalithic corporation I.G. Farben, Hermann Schmitz. His company was the largest chemical manufacturer enterprise in the world and had extraordinary political and economic powers and influence in the Hitlerian Nazi state. Farben produced the gas used in the Nazi gas chambers and the steel for the railroads to build the people to transport the people to their death camps. That's what IG Farben is. Guess what? IG Farben is essentially the modern day spawn of the pharmaceutical cartel and companies that we have today. It started with IG Farben. What they did is they split their company up afterward and started different factions. I've, I've reported on this before in the pharmaceutical pharmacia study that I did up on Sermon Audio. While serving his prison term, Schmitz looked for an alternative to brute force for controlling people and realized that people could be controlled th through their food supply. When he got out of prison, he went to his friends at the United Nations and laid out a plan to take over the control of the food worldwide. A trade commission called Codex Alimentarius, which is Latin for food code, was created under the guise of it being a consumer protection commission. But Codex was never in the business of protecting people. It has always been about money and profits at the expense of people. The purpose, so they claim, is to harmonize regulations for dietary supplements and set international safety standards for the purposes of increased trade. In 2002, the FAO and the WHO had serious concerns about the direction Codex was taking. They hired an external consultant to determine the performance since 1962 and to designate which direction to take the trade organization. The consultant concluded that Codex should be immediately be scrapped and eliminated. It was at this time that big industry realized the full monetary potential of this organization and exerted its powerful influence. An updated outcome was a toned-down report asking Codex to address 20 various concerns within the organization. Since 2002, Codex Alimentarius Commission has covertly surrendered its role as an international public health and consumer protection organization. Pharmaceutical interests then stepped in and began exerting their influence. Instead of focusing on food safety, Codex, using its power to promote worldwide restrictions on vitamin and food supplements, severely limiting their availability in dosages under the helm of big industry. The sole purpose of the new Codex is to increase profits for the global corporate juggernauts while controlling the food through the world. The, impl the implicit understanding of their philosophy is that if you control the food, you control the world. The same institutions that have been set in place to safeguard the public are the very ones who foist unfair trade practices and unsafe food upon humanity. In other words, it's like the fox guarding the hen house. This is to bring about international harmonization. Quote harmonization. While global harmony sounds benign, is that the real purpose? While the stated goal of Codex is to establish unilateral regulations for dietary supplements in every country, the actual goal is to outlaw health products and information on vitamins and dietary supplements except those under their direct control, meaning under the pharmaceutical company's direct control. These regulations would supersede domestic laws of every country without the voice of the citizens. 
There are 180 member countries of this, including the USA, Canada, EU, Switzerland, Israel, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, China, Japan, Australia, which have already signed agreements pledging total harmonization of their laws, including Food and Drug Administration laws, to Codex. Why is it Africans are starving when their governments ascribe to Codex Elementarius? They are starving because their food is in Western shops for sale and not on their own markets. Why are we drinking wines from Africa when those grapes could be dried into raisins and distributed to feed the children of Africa? Many Africans are starving because the availability of indigenous hardy plant seeds have been reduced and prices of the quality indigenous strains of these seeds are inflated. Farmers in Africa and all over non-Western world are finding that genetically modified and Western plant seeds will not grow properly or at all, particularly when using the traditional farming methods in these areas. Crop failure equals starvation in many agrarian societies. And the GM crops, or genetically modified, have been a total failure for many poor farmers. The bottom line is they are starving because both governments of both governments and Codex Alimentarius are corrupt and serve not the public interest, but the interest of the large multinational pharmaceutical corporations and corporations like Monsanto, which is one of the most evil organizations on the planet. In Western countries, the influence of Codex Alimentarius and corporate cronies is just as pervasive. In the USA, more and more restrictive food laws are being passed. A new bill was just introduced into the House of Representatives, H.R. 875, which is the Food Safety Modernization Act of 2009, and has ominous implications for organic farmers. It also threatens farmers' ability to collect and store their own seeds, as they have been doing for centuries. They're just trying to you know, take us out any way they can. In addition, American government's refusal to label products containing GM foods means that any food sold or exported from the USA can potentially contain GM ingredients. You may be exposing yourself to the GM frankenfood ingredients even when you're buying organic products. A recent study done at Glamangor University in Wales detected traces of GM ingredients in 10, to 10 of the 25 organic food samples tested. Okay, so that's over a third. Professor Murphy stated, we have recently observed that many soy products now carry GM-free or organic labels, both of which imply an absence of GM ingredients. However, most of the soy products now in the world comes from GM varieties. My comment is that soy is poison. Soy lecithin is fine, okay, it's one constituent. Natokinase, which is an enzyme derived from soy, is fine. But other than that, soy is poison. It's not meant for human consumption. I'm going to read you this little article. This is by Dr. William Wong. He's got PhD, ND. He wrote Soy the Poison Seed. And this is short. Uh, this piece will be short and very much to the point. As Americans' largest cash crop, soy is being touted as having a myriad of health benefits. Far, far from it. Soy is poison, period. All paid for, all paid for opinion to the contrary. What's bad about soy? Well, here's some things. Soy contains isoflavonoids, genistein and diazidin. In soy, the isoflavonoids are built in insecticides. If they kill bugs, are they good for humans? Isoflavonoids are estrogen-like substances which have the same effect as the, as the bodies. This isn't written very well. 
which has the same effect in the body as estrogen. Cancer comes from having too much estrogen. Well, that's one of the reasons of cancer. And um, I would ask you to pray for my mom because I just found out this week she went in to have a fibroid removed. And I had her on a protocol for that, but I did not know when they opened her up, they found she had cancer. And uh, I I think it's a significant amount. And um, I don't know if the Lord's going to use this to bring her to the Lord, but I had no idea she had this. And um, I'm going to put her on the protocol for cancer, but um, anyway, I would ask you to pray for her. But in her case, yes, I do believe it was caused from estrogen dominance. Now, you can also get estrogen dominance from drinking a lot of the um, uh, these water bottles, these PET. They have the number one recyclable label on them. They cause a lot of what they call xenoestrogen formation using a lot of personal care products, makeups, regular underarm deodorants, uh, lotions, things like that. They have a lot of chemicals in them that many times are xenoestrogens. Xenoestrogens act as estrogen in the body, but it's an unnatural form of estrogen and it's cancer-causing. Soy does the same thing. Okay, So irritability, mood swings, fat gain from the waist down, fibrocystic breast disease, uterine fibromas, are all associated with estrogen dominance. Instead of helping prevent bad effects of environmental or natural estrogen dominance, soy isoflavonoids are now known to increase the bad effects of estradiol and estrone, the two major bad guys in the estrogen family. Now, this is heavily referenced, this article that I'm reading you. And I'll give you a link if you want to research the references further. Uh, What does soy also do? It kills testicular tissue. In men, it permanently reduces testicular function and lowers the luteinizing hormone production, which is LH. LH is what signals your testicles to work. This increases the probability of estrogen dominance in men with its hair loss, swollen and cancerous prostate, and breast formation. Uh, I mean, you give a man enough estrogen, he's going to, you know, no wonder so many men are gelded, you know, because they're, they're basically got the hormonal levels of a woman. Now, soy's one cause. The other things, you know, I, I gave you some other causes. There's a lot of things that you have to look out for. Male children, listen to this, male children fed soy formulas and soy products may not ever, may not ever like girls. In other words, they, many times, some of them turn out gay. Doris Rapp, MD, the world's leading pediatric allergist, asserts that environmental and food estrogens are responsible for the increase in male homosexuality and a worldwide reduction in male fertility. I'm telling you, they're trying to take us out any way they can. This is why the Bible says that we're destroyed for lack of knowledge, according to Hosea 4.6. Isoflavonoids also decrease thyroid hormone production. This can stunt children's growth and make the rest of us very tired and fat. Female children fed estrogens in soy formula and their products hit puberty very, very early, sometimes as young as six to eight. So you can actually be hitting puberty now when you're six to eight. Little girls. Uh, because of all the hormones. And not only that, all the hormones they also um, tend to pump into the... Uh, uh, they end up getting into dairy products as well, and the meats, in order to produce bigger cows and... More milk and all that stuff. It gets it. That's another thing I didn't mention with milk. The hormones. Pregnant women eating soy products may affect the sexual differentiation of their children. Studies show malformations of the reproductive tract or offspring bone born with both male and female sexual organs. 
That's called being a hermaphrodite, when you have both, you're actually born with both male and female sex organs. Yes, this can contribute to that. Soy contains patilin, which, which um, takes essential, or phytin, I'm sorry, phytin. Patilin is the enzyme in your, when you chew food in your mouth. That's actually good. But the phytin, which takes essential minerals such as iron, zinc, magnesium out of the body before they can be absorbed. Now, the globalists know all this stuff that I'm telling you about. Okay? They know, and they're doing it on purpose. I mean, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, right? Well, isn't this one way he can do that? Aren't we living in the end times? Didn't the Bible say in First and Second Timothy 3.13 that evil men and seducers will wax, meaning grow, worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived? Well, this is just evidence of that. Soy also contains trypsin, inhibitors which block the vital anti-cancer enzyme and anti-fibrosis enzyme, meaning set you up for cancer and fibroids. Uh... A 7,000-man, 30-year epidemiological study done in Hawaii shows soy is connected with a higher rate of vascular dementia, meaning Alzheimer's disease. Now remember, this is heavily referenced, this article. Any opinions to contradict the facts noted above have been paid for by the agribusiness giants Monsanto, Archer Daniels, Midland. Once public knowledge of their manipulation of public opinion and of the FDA outcomes becomes widely known, expressed expect monster class action lawsuits against these folks. They'll deserve it in spades. Well, uh, that would be nice. I think it's wishful thinking. I think the courts are bought and paid for. I've seen what they did with my parents, and, you know, uh, they've got a ton of money, and uh, they can buy judges and courts and things like that off. They do it all the time. It's standard procedure, operating procedure in America. So, plants... In the non-GM crops, and back to the article, plants of non-genetically modified crops are having their genetics affected by neighboring genetically modified fields. Winds and insect-borne cross-pollination is threatening many of the corn species in Mexico. GM pollen has also affected at least one man's honey crop in Germany, causing him to dispose of his harvest and relocate his bees so they would not have access to GM plants. See, if the bees pollinate off GM crops, then, you know, they cross-pollinate and everything gets contaminated. A wide variety of livestock are fed GM grains. And then people eat the eggs, milk products, and meat from these animals. If the grain does not need to be labeled GM, how can you be certain you're eating eggs, dairy, and meat that are truly organic? It's a good point. I still think you should try to eat organic if you can, you know afford it. I mean, in America, like I know in Publix, it's really not that much more expensive with some of these products, like eggs and things like that. It's just not that much more expensive. Um, On December 31st, 2009, what will Codex bring to all members of the countries of the World Trade Organization? Keep in mind that according to the predictions of the WHO and the FAO, a minimum (laughs) this is unbelievable. According to their own predictions, a minimum of 3 billion people will die from the Codex-mandated vitamin and mineral guidelines alone. 
Why? Because they want to wipe everybody off the planet. They want to reduce world population, according to the Georgia Guidestones, to 500 million. The Georgia Guidestones, which are up in Elbert County, Georgia, are like the Ten Commandments of the New World Order. And it's at the very start of my uh, PowerPoint presentation that I talked about earlier on the avion flu. I, I show them to you. You can go up on the internet and research it. They're there. So just three billion people it'll kill, you know. Here are just a few guidelines of Codex will implement. This is unbelievable. Here's first. Dietary supplements could not be sold for preventative or therapeutic use. Next point. All nutrients, vitamins and minerals will have that have a positive impact on the body are to be considered toxins or poisons and are to be removed from all food because Codex prohibits the use of nutrients to, quote, prevent, treat, or cure any condition or disease, end of quote. Potencies, next point, potencies would be limited to extremely low dosages. Only the drug companies and the big phytochemical phytopharmaceutical companies would have the right to produce and sell higher potency products at incredibly inflated prices. So all you're going to be able to get is tainted, low-dose, big pharma-produced, most likely synthetic versions of what they say you can have. And you're going to have to pay out the nose for them, and most likely you're going to have to get a prescription from an MD to get them. I, I'm not making this up. This is this has been around and been coming down the pike for a long time. Uh, next point: All advice on nutrition, including written online journal articles or oral advice to a friend, family members, or anyone, will be illegal. So what I'm doing will be illegal. Next point: The reintroduction of deadly and organic, deadly and carcinogenic organic pesticides. Then in 1991, 176 countries, including the U.S., have banned worldwide, including seven of the 12 of the worst at the Stockholm Convention on Persistent Organic Pesticides. Some of these are hexachlorobenzene, toxaphene, aldrin. They will be allowed back into the food at elevated levels. Altogether, Codex allows for 3,275 different pesticides, including those that are suspected carcinogens and endocrine disruptors. What is an endocrine? What is the endocrine system? It's like the hormonal system of the body. Okay, it's like the thyroid and the adrenals, and in the woman, the ovaries and the uterus have their their play on it. The pituitary gland, the hypothalamus, they're endocrine disruptors, and again. Like what we were talking about with soy, it, it causes estrogen dominance, which sets you up for cancer. Which is what my mom's dealing with right now. Because of her poor choices in food. And because they misdiagnosed her on the fibroids. Uh, I, just, I just have one incredibly horrifically negative experience with the medical profession after another. Whether it be with my patients or people that are in my, my family. Anyway, uh... I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm not saying emergency medicine's bad. I'm just saying that I've had my share of it. Uh, let's go further. There's no consideration of the long-term effects of exposure to mixtures of the pesticide residues in food. This sounds, I mean, this sounds like it's something from the Twilight Zone. Next point. Prescriptions would be required for anything above extremely low doses allowed, such as 35 milligrams of niacin. Now, granted, 
all you're going to get under this is synthetic garbage. So, even what you're going to get is going to be garbage. Next point. Mandatory use of growth hormones and antibiotics on all foods and herbs, fish and flocks. Next point. Nutrients allowed will be limited to a positive list developed by Codex, which will include beneficial nutrients like flor- fluoride developed from environmental waste. Nutrients allowed will be limited to a positive list developed by Codex. Oh, okay. So their positive list, fluoride, which is sodium fluoride, which is what they put in toothpaste, what they put in the water system, which causes and blow, blow, uh, destroys and, and uh, interferes with the lower brain lobe function, which is your will to resist, also causes cancer, also causes bone softening diseases, and a laundry list of other things fluoride does. Yet they put it in toothpaste, so you can put it in your mouth, which is the most highly absorbable part of your body. All by design. <laughs> look at your toothpaste. Look at your toothpaste, and look at the warning on it. It says, if more than a amount is consumed that you would normally put on your toothbrush, call poison control immediately. It's on all toothpaste things, or it should be. Uh, they're going to be, that's going to be beneficial. That's going to be part of their beneficial nutrients developed from environmental waste. All other nutrients will be prohibited nationally and internationally to all Codex-compliant countries. Uh, Common foods, such as garlic and peppermint, would be classified as drugs or a third category, neither food nor drugs, that only big pharmaceutical companies could regulate and sell. Any food with a therapeutic, therapeutic effect can be considered a drug, even benign everyday substances like water. Water. Yeah, you heard me that right. Codex regulations for dietary supplements become binding. Escape clauses would be limited. All new dietary supplements would be banned unless they go through codex testing and approval. Genetically modified food would be sold throughout the world, sold worldwide without labeling. Now, I I, I have tried to inform nutrient companies about this. The main one I work with, Standard Process, and they're just totally apathetic. The nutrient companies remind me of the church. All this stuff is going on. All of this horrific stuff is going down. It's coming at us like a freight train. And they just sit idly by and do nothing. Well, let go and let God. Hasn't happened yet and it probably won't ever happen. Okay, whatever. They remind me of that because they do nothing. Nothing. It's like the whole world's under this spell of apathy. And, you know, by the time, the only thing that's going to make them react is when they have a boot across their neck. But then it's too late. Monsanto, who is a member of Codex, will benefit greatly as production of genetically modified foods are stepped up and more GM plants are given the green light. Terminator seeds will be approved for international trade. Terminator seeds are seeds that you plant them one year, the corn grows, but none of the seeds on the corn can be used to plant another seed. They don't work. You You put them in the ground, they don't work. They're Terminator seeds. They're only for one why? Isn't that the ultimate form of control? You control the seed. It's, it's absolutely, totally satanic. And also, GM food animals will also be on the way, genetically modified animals. Codex poses a, a significant threat to the food supply, according to Dr. Robert Vierkirk, founder and director of the Alliance for National Health. About 300 dangerous food additives that are mainly synthetic will be allowed under Codex, including aspartame, Yes, NutraSweet is horrific. It is converted to three things in the body. Wood alcohol, which is highly toxic to the liver. Formic acid, which is instinct poison. 
and formaldehyde, which is what they embalm people with. I'm not making this up. That's the three things it's converted to in the body. Or, if it's heated above a certain uh, temperature, it'll convert to that automatically. Also, other things that they're going to put in there. Um, BHA, BHT, potassium bromate, tartrazine, and more. Dr. Verkirk is particularly concerned that no consideration has been given to the potential risks associated with long-term exposure to the mixture of additives. I mean, if this isn't the, the greatest proof I've ever seen of them wanting to absolutely overtly, not even trying to hide it anymore, wipe humanity out, I don't know what greater example I could give than this. According to John Hamill, a legislative advocate and the founder of International Advocates for Health Freedom, here's what we have to look forward to. If Codex Alimentarius has its way, then herbs, vitamins, minerals, homeopathic remedies, amino acids, and other natural remedies you have taken for granted most of your life will be gone. The name of the game is to shift all remedies into the prescription category so they can be controlled exclusively by the medical monopoly and bosses and major pharmaceutical firms. Uh, Codex Alimentarius proposals already exist as law in Norway and Germany, where the entire food Industry has literally been taken over by the drug companies. In these countries, vitamin C, above 200 milligrams, and all that is is ascorbic acid garbage. Vitamin C above 200 milligrams is, is illegal, and as is vitamin E above 45 IUs. B1 over 2.4 milligrams, and so on. Uh, Sharing Plow, a Norway pharmaceutical giant, now controls the echinacea tincture which is being sold there as an over-the-counter drug at grossly inflated prices. The same is true of ginkgo, ginkgo biloba, which is good for your brain and circulatory issues, and many other herbs, and one uh, government-controlled pharmacy has the right to import supplements as medicines, which they can sell to health food stores, convenience stores, and pharmacies. The world's food supply is under attack to corrupt governments and organizations like Codex Alimentarius. Uh... It is now a criminal offense in parts of Europe to sell herbs as food. An agreement called EEC 6565 equates selling herbs as food to selling other illegal drugs. Uh, Action is being taken to accelerate the European countries into harmonization as well. Paul Heiler in his book, The Evil Empire, states, quote, Codex Alimentarius is supported by international banks, multinational corporations, including some in Canada, and is reality a bill of rights for these banks and corporations they control. It will hand over sovereign rights concerning who or who and may or may not invest in our countries to an unelected world organization run by big business. The treaty would make it impossible for Canadian legislators, either federal or provincial, to alter or improve environmental standards for fear of being sued by multinational corporations. Oh, okay, what what you can do. I give you several links here of different organizations that are fighting this. Praying, obviously, getting on your knees, something to pray about. If, if you're so led by the Lord, I'm not saying what to do, I'm just saying if you're so led by the Lord, but I give you a whole bunch of links here that you could go to, and I, I'm not going to say anything more about that. You're going to have to go to the, the PDF to access those. Um, let's see here. Okay, um, Okay, I'm going to go ahead and end part two there. We're going to go to part three next.